Hey everybody, welcome into Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall. We have a a corporate introduction for our listeners here on the podcast, but before we get into that conversation with Montage Gold, we are going to look at some numbers. Uh, Both gold and silver have bounced off off of its lows this morning. Uh, Gold, February basis, now trading at about $1,848. That's up $13 a point, uh, less than 1%. Silver? Trading at $25.24. That's up about 2.5%. You know, nice little bounce off of that just incredible sell-off Friday. Uh, The miners per the GDX and the GDXJ are also coming off of its bottoms, currently trading at their high of day. GDX trading 36.27. GDXJ 53.35. So uh, we will see how the rest of the day kind of unfolds. The rest of the markets in the U.S., General markets are, are down, lots of red on the screen. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about that, but really the conversation of this episode is a is a corporate introduction with Montage Gold. Happy to be welcomed by the, uh, I guess, uh, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development, Mr. Adam Spencer, joining us from Toronto. Adam, welcome to Mining Stock Daily. Pleasure for you, you to join us. Yeah, look, likewise, Trevor. Pleasure to be here, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, uh, pleasure to always welcome new guests and uh, new introductions and new projects to the show. Uh, this is really just a general overview of Montage. Uh, you are doing some exploration work in the Ivory Coast and Africa, uh, but before we get into those assets and kind of the strategy behind the company, can you please give us a background of what made up the company and kind of hitting the market here? Yeah, sure, no problem, Trevor. So um, I'll, I'll take a step back and just give you some of my background and how I got involved in the junior mining end of things. So my uh, recent history in, in mining capital markets was, was was with Sandstorm Gold Royalties. And so I led the corporate development activities there for the last seven or so years. And as part of that, um, you know, Sandstorm's strategy was to get involved with junior companies with interesting projects um, take a significant investment in the company and in certain circumstances um, draft in management to oversee those companies. And so I got involved with a predecessor company to Montage um, almost three years ago now. And that company was called Avant Minerals. And, and that was an exploration company with assets in Cote d'Ivoire and in Burkina Faso. And uh, fast forward to about uh, 18 months ago, uh, we, we started discussions with a group called Orca Gold, which is a public company. Uh, with an asset in Sudan, but which had a significant portfolio of its own in Cote d'Ivoire. And, and that company is led by the former team of Redback Mining. So that's Hugh Stewart, as well as Rick Clark and Kevin Ross. And so what we um, we ended up doing was merging the Cote d'Ivoire portfolio from Orca, along with Avant Minerals, and formed Montage Gold, um, closed the deal in August of uh, 20, 2019. And so the, the strategy at that point in time was to keep it private, raise some capital, drill out the deposit that sits at the Morundo Gold Project. The deposit is called Kone. Um, at the time, it had a significant resource, but we wanted to show that it could you know, roughly double in size. Um, and so we did embark on some drilling while we were private to demonstrate that. That was successful. 
and we elected um, earlier, I guess later in Q3 of 2020 to get the company ready, take it public, raise significant capital, and uh, you know get aggressive with the project. And that really did set us up well uh, into Q3, Q4 of last year, and, and into obviously 2021 now. So we are kind of on the ground running, advancing the project, lots going on. And um, yeah, I'm happy to go into all that in detail, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of cut the intro right there. From uh, you know, from your perspective, coming from a royalty company from Sandstorm into this more junior exploration development, I mean, what's different on your end of corporate development uh, with with this type of business, different business model? Yeah, look, um, running corporate development for Sandstorm, I mean, you're looking at royalty and streaming acquisitions, whether that's acquisitions of existing royalties and streams or creating uh, new royalties and streams as a financing tool. Um, you know, the networks overlap, you know, significantly when you're looking at corporate development for a royalty company versus corporate development for a junior exploration company. Um, but the types of transactions that you're looking at do differ. So for a junior company like Montage, what I'm looking at are, you know, property acquisitions that can be incremental to the portfolio, uh, obviously, you know, maintaining relationships with larger groups that could be could have strategic interest in Montage as we advance the project. Um, and then ultimately financing for the project because we are, you know, we are set up with the team that we need to have in place to actually build and operate this project. So there's a lot of, I'd say more, more different tracks that I go down for corporate development. Um, but you know, as you know, the, the mining, the mining world is quite small, especially precious metals. So, you know, the, the, the network that, um, that I call upon to do all these things is really much the same that I've been working on for, you know, my entire career. Well, let's uh, focus a little bit on the Morando Gold Project here. You do have a maiden inferred mineral resource, uh, just over 52.5 million tons of grading 0.91 grams per ton um, for just one and a half million ounces. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us how, uh, tell us the strategy for expanding on that resource and kind of what you see maybe the next uh, couple quarters of 2021, uh, what you plan on kind of achieving here throughout the year. Yeah, sure. So I'll start with just how we plan to grow that resource. And uh, so when we, when we uh, were private, we had that resource in hand that resource is from October 2018. And the first phase of drilling that we undertook um, post-forming montage was to demonstrate that the mineralization continued to depth, roughly twice the depth of the existing resource envelope. And the existing resource of one and a half million ounces sits at around 250 meters below surface. Um, we conducted drilling that showed that mineralization extended to upwards of 450 meters below surface. And it was due to the success of that drilling that we decided to take the company public. We just completed a resource expansion drill program, uh, which we completed in Q4, roughly 20,000 meters. We're just awaiting for final assay results back from that program, and we expect to be announcing results uh, relatively soon from that program. But the, the entire objective of that, of that program was to prove up that this resource itself should roughly double in size. Um, and we are expecting a mineral resource, an inferred mineral resource update uh, to be calculated and released by the end of January. And that's uh, a catalyst that we've been talking about uh, ever since the IPO and everything remains on track to do so. Uh, was that maiden resource all oxide gold mineralization? No, it's actually predominantly fresh, which, you know, there are a lot of unique characteristics about this project, which... Um, you know, we're, we're doing, uh, you know, our best to kind of explain to the market. But what's, what's interesting about it 
is that it is predominantly fresh rock, but for a fresh rock ore body, it is one of the softest fresh rock ore bodies that you'll find in West Africa, if not globally. And, and the key metric uh, on that is uh, bond work index, and it's around 10 on, on the scale of bond work index, which if you look at um, you know, projects in West Africa, you know, routinely they're you know, 15 to 18 or even higher than that. And what that means, Trevor, is that you know, power consumption to grind will be a lot less than your typical project, and the crushing circuit that will be necessary will be a lot less. And so you know, it benefits you in both ways, both in terms of upfront capex, but also in terms of a low unit processing cost. Um, so that's one of the key attributes of the project that makes it work. The other aspect of it is that the ore body is remarkably uh, continuous in terms of its mineralization. True widths are upwards of 250 meters throughout the ore body. Um, it starts at surface. It's, I think, essentially seven or 800 meters in strike length, call it 250 to 300 meters wide, and now you know upwards of 450 meters in depth but effectively continuously mineralized above cutoff grade from hanging wall to foot wall, which makes it uh, very amenable to using big mining equipment, um, obviously having low unit mining costs. And because of the orientation of the ore body, we expect a very low strip ratio of, you know, call it one and a half to one or even less. So you're talking about a fairly large kind of open pit potential Mm-hmm. mining mining scenario here that's right um, going deeper i mean wouldn't going deeper uh with kind of finding these same grades and just you know kind of give or take around that one gram per ton mm-hmm. um wouldn't that increase your production cost typically or you know do you need to find higher grade down below you know what we we don't need to find higher grade i mean obviously we would have uh, no issue with finding higher grade that would be great we'd welcome it but, um, you know, what makes this work is that it is a very simple project. Uh, we're talking about excellent access. We have a road that grows through the project site that's presently being paved by the government. So access is, 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 is great. Um, we're about 20 kilometers away from the national power grid. So we'll look to tie into that to operate the mill. Again, as, as I said about the geometry of the ore body, it will allow us to use some of the biggest um, open pit mining equipment that you can find, and that will keep your, your, your mining costs down. Um, and in the earlier years, the strip ratio is going to be exceptionally low. In life of mine, as I said, it should be, you know, call it one and a half to one or even less, which is very low for, for an open pit project in Africa. And, and you know, as you know, you know, mining costs and processing costs are obviously the majority of your cost structure for any open pit mine. And, and we're expecting that on a per unit basis because of the scale benefits here uh, and the softness of the rock that we should be on the low end of the scale in terms of unit mining and, and unit process cost. Uh, can you provide a comment on there was some metallurgical test work done previously mm-hmm. a couple of years ago? Um, just to kind of follow up on this, can you comment on some of uh, the recovery test work was? Yeah, and so and so this um, speaks to the strategy of these guys, the former Redback team, before they decided to spend significant dollars on drilling out a resource here, they knew it was going to be a gram or less uh, in terms of an average grade. So, you know, for that to work, you need to have a lot of other things going for you. And so they actually did a couple, a two or three diamond core holes for MET testing before they did the resource drill out. Um, and those test results came back very positive for, and, and they're just standard tests. They're not optimized. Um, in, in a CIL scenario, you know, call it 92% recoveries from fresh rock. So not oxide, but fresh rock. Um, and then on the bond work index scale, which as I said, is a measure of rock hardness, 
call it 10 to 11 on that scale. And, and so those are major benefits for the project given, given the grade of grade profile. Okay. Um, kind of fast forward here to yeah. recent news, obviously in the fall, you completed the IPO. Uh, you announced a 50,000 meter drill program, which is currently underway. Obviously no small task. Uh, you also, uh, I, I believe you raised some money, didn't you? Did you finance it? Yeah, we did. Um, so we we completed the IPO in concurrent financing, and so we had initially targeted an IPO of twenty five million dollars. Had significant demand for it, and ended up uh, closing on around thirty five million. And that positions us very well because the you know, the, the budget for the project uh, through the end of twenty twenty one is actually only twenty two million dollars Canadian um, based on the IPO budget, and so that gives us a significant buffer for additional exploration um, and, you know, just positions us really well. Like we are, for that $22 million budget, we will be delivering a feasibility study by the end of 2021. Um, and so we should have, you know, certainly greater than $5 million in cash in the bank uh, left at that point in time. And, and what we're seeing now is that our, our budget, we're coming in under budget for the drilling that we've done so far. So I think we'll be in a really good position uh, by the end of 2021, having a feasibility study level project with, you know, what we hope is, uh, call it a three million ounce or greater reserve and, um, you know, excellent access to infrastructure. We should hopefully be down the permitting path as well by then and just sets us up really well to kind of advance into development. So are you not, you're going to go straight into a full fees? Will you do a pre-feasibility technical work? Yeah, and so we are actually, all the technical work that we are doing for the PEA today is to a PFS standard. However, it is a PEA study because it will be based on an inferred resource. So the resource that we currently have is inferred. The resource update that we should release by the end of January will be inferred. Uh, we are presently, we should be restarting drilling today, I believe, for the next phase of drilling, which will get us another 30 to 35,000 meters of drilling to get to an indicated resource by sometime in Q2. And it's off that indicated resource that we will calculate a probable reserve to feed into the feasibility study. Okay. Interesting. Um, I, I thought I might just get your general comments here on West Africa as just really as a gold exploration and development jurisdiction. Um, you know, it seems like another uh, area of the world that's gotten really uh, popular and hot with the market as far as development goes. Uh, not only Ivory Coast, but we also seen a lot of developments lately out of Mali, a lot of activity happening in Ghana. Uh, but obviously this has been an area of the world that has been predominantly known for uh, uh, excellent gold production. I mean, a lot of the majors are in here. Uh, you know, just from your take and your thoughts, uh, are you seeing, could you call this a resurgence of gold exploration uh, in Western Africa now? Yeah, I mean, it, certainly it's getting a lot of attention. And I would say in particular, uh, Cote d'Ivoire is, um, you know, you're seeing a lot of activity of, you know, mid-tiers and majors in country. We're seeing a lot of interest for companies that don't presently have, a, a you know, an asset or a presence in country to get into the country. You know, what's, um, you know, the advantage for us is that the montage portfolio was pulled together over a decade ago. And these were assets, the majority of the portfolio were assets that were actually pegged by Hugh Stewart when he was VP Exploration for Redback. And so this would have been, you know, obviously there would have been some production in Cote d'Ivoire at the time, but not nearly the amount of exploration spending or, or number of companies active in the country then. 
Um, and so, you know, we're very fortunate to have a property portfolio that really hasn't been worked over by other companies in the past. And, you know, you speak to Hugh Stewart at some point, he'll tell you that, you know, his preference is to, to work on, you know, virgin ground. that's never been, never been explored because you have the best chance of finding something there. And so, you know, absolutely. There is a lot of interest in country. I think what's, um, what's been demonstrated in Cote d'Ivoire is that you can build projects on time and on budget. You can permit projects very quickly. The government is very much pro-mining, um, really on either end of the political spectrum. And um, there's just a track record there that you can look at and say, you know, Cote d'Ivoire has been uh, very successful in bringing mining projects on, bringing in foreign investors and, and supporting that uh, community of mining companies. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to have a project kind of in your back pocket for, you know, when the market kind of changes, isn't it? Yeah, and look, it's uh, it's been more than just being in the back pocket. Um, you know, Hugh's been active on the project for the last ten years or so. Even when uh, it wasn't under his direct ownership, he was making sure that everything was done in the background. It's been the same group of locals that have worked on the project. They've done a tremendous job building great relationships with the local communities and establishing that kind of social contract to advance a project. And you know, I think all of that stuff. It's it's you know, a lot of it's intangible. You don't see it kind of in the headlines, but it does translate to being able to advance your project uh, i think in a straightforward way and and if it wasn't for the work that hugh's been doing you know over the last 10 years or so we wouldn't be able to advance the project so rapidly today yeah uh adam let's uh let's wrap it there appreciate you coming on to the show and just giving us that introduction into montage gold and we look forward to seeing some of those uh, latest drill results out that uh, mm -hmm. you know seems like 90 percent of every company out on the junior market now is waiting to share <laughs> uh, they're slowly trickling down, but I appreciate your time and uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Trevor. And just, uh, I, I don't think I mentioned it, but just so everyone knows, uh, we are public on the Toronto Stock Exchange on the venture, and our ticker is MAU. All right. Adam Spencer, he's from Montage Gold. Thanks, everybody. We will be back later again today with some more market commentary and corporate introductions. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.